Tova community. I'm Dr. Nina back with another Tova Tuesday. I am so, so super excited to have a guest on our show today that is a living legend of community service and advocacy for sickle cell as well as breast cancer awareness. You know, in our community, we have lots of healers. We have healthcare providers, we have spiritual leaders, and we also have spiritual uh, healthcare providers that really do more than just be an advocate, but they also help to uplift and empower others during very trying times in their lives so that they can continue on putting their best foot forward, especially when they have trauma and other sudden illnesses or even death or transition, how they're able to overcome those obstacles along the journey of life and, and then resurrect themselves to really go out and really share with the community the great work that they're doing to keep us motivated and empowered to continue on. I want to say well, that person is Shay Fawcett Robinson. I would like to recommend that um, you all stay tuned, really listen to what she has to say. And she is also an author of complete transparency. I highly recommend you read it. I couldn't read it without having tears in my eyes because I didn't even realize all of the challenges that you have had to uh, go through and you have come out of it better and stronger. Shay, can I call you Shay? Welcome to Tova yes. Tuesday. How are you today? I'm well, thank you so much for having me today. I'm super excited to be here as well. So we're both from Wilmington, right? We grew up here. Um, you went to William William Penn and I went yes. to Dickinson. So William Penn was like the, Dickinson was probably like the stepchild of William Penn. Um, <laughs> but you have, you know, a family that has been just so supportive with of you throughout your journey. Yes. Talk about your upbringing in Delaware. Wow. So my upbringing in Delaware, when I was younger, we lived um, several areas in the city. So we did move around a lot when I was much younger. So whether we lived on Concord, I remember Concord Avenue was one of the spots that we lived at, you know, and actually yeah. one of my um, former co-workers uh, lived in the same house that we lived in on <laughs> on Concord Avenue. Small so I just, mm -hmm. I just remember... Um, you know, with my mother at the time, she was a single parent um, raising four children. So I have three. I had three older brothers that I grew up in the house with, with my mother, and um, I was a baby girl. So we really just enjoyed life. I enjoy, like I always said to my mother, she's she's a strong woman. Like I never felt like I missed anything. Even I love my father, of course. Don't get me wrong, but I just felt like I never missed anything until I got older and I realized what I was missing. And, you know, with my father at the time not being there, um, my father um, had, you know, um, did a little bit. He was away for a while, um, mm -hmm. but came home and he was the top uh, cosmetologist in Delaware, one of the only black cosmetologists in Delaware. Um, so a lot of my friends who were cosmetologists, they they went through him mm -hmm. at Star Tech. 
or um, I forgot another school, but yeah, just growing up in the city at the time, like we moved out of the city, I think when I was maybe about mm, 12 mm-hmm. or 13, and we were kind of in that Newcastle area, Newark area, um, but we, I thoroughly enjoyed just, just being with my family and um, coming up under the upbringing of my mom and um, my, my brothers, because they, you know, they say they helped raise me as well, right? Well, you were the only girl. I mean, you had to hold your own. I was the only girl. Right? So technically they did. When mom was working, I was with them, so. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, so much about you has been serving the community in many different capacities. And I just wanted to share with the community all that I could condense in in one page, but I'm sure there's so much more. Um, You are an ordained elder at Heaven's Gate Ministries. And I really appreciate you praying for our mic patients, especially when they're in a sickle cell crisis or even coming to the hospital to see them. That is Mm -hmm. A value uh, that you have provided to uh, my patients. So I appreciate that. But you're a breast cancer survivor. You're a co author of Married to the Ring, Volume One. And you're the author of Complete Transparency Exposing Unresolved Trauma. So we're going to talk about your book. We're going to talk about the importance of really working to resolve unresolved trauma because it can affect your physical and emotional health. You're the co founder of the James Fawcett the Third 5K Run Walk. And you have completed your associate's degree from Strayer University in business administration with a concentration in health services. Um, Your hobbies, you love to dance. I've seen you dance with little Jimmy, (laughs) uh, staying active, spending time with family, advocating for breast cancer awareness, Mm -hmm. sickle cell advocacy, mental health, and mental illness advocacy. Despite that, you have a strong sense of faith and spirituality. Yes. Shay, talk about a li- this a little bit. Okay, so um, the, the, the latter part or just anything on that page? Um, just about your hobbies. Okay, so, important. <laughs> so the, the mental health piece is something that's really new and it's, it's just based on my experience in raising um, my younger daughter, um, just so people would know, my, my younger daughter uh, by my late husband, uh, James Fawcett, um, who was unfortunately diagnosed with several different types of mental illnesses. And I really wanted to just kind of bring to the forefront, you know, the importance of, first of all, not being ashamed, not being embarrassed of what you go through, and just stress the importance of getting help that's so important and not just for the individual who was diagnosed but for the entire family mm-hmm. um i think that's sort of some of the mistakes i made in the beginning not getting myself the help so that mental health piece up as far as what's on the list um like i said it's rather new but i'm i'm hearing I hear so much more about other people's experiences now. You know how when you go through something and you you put it out there and you expose it, you know, people come out and now everyone's sharing and it's such a blessing because um, they come to me with questions and I I can really just only share my experience. I'm not a professional in that area at all by no means, but I just have my 
personal experience, um, which has been very heavy. So I, I say that help is necessary because even after years of raising my younger daughter, we, I can tell you that I've experienced, uh, we, we have been in intensive outpatient therapy for, I'm going to say over 10 years. Wow. And even in that, like 12 years or so, but even in that process, I personally never got the help that I needed as to what we I was dealing with personally because I was just used to just handling the business and moving forward on to the next ish, on to the next challenge or whatever, on to the next um, traumatic challenge that was going on in my life. And I realized, and I, maybe I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. I don't want to. Come on. <laughs> I realized that later that I still need help. Years, I mean, so I actually had to rescind my guardianship. Um, and so there's some things, the dynamic in our home changed when I rescinded my guardianship. She was just about 18. And I realized that even after doing that, it was like an exhale, like a whole weight was lifted. But however, I realized I still I needed help. I would find myself just like sad or crying, but I think I just had a time, I had a moment to really reflect without all the chaos that was going on in the house. It was so chaotic at times. I didn't really have the opportunity to really think about me in that setting in regards to getting myself help. It was taking care of her needs and, you know, what she needed in the therapy and um, getting all those things, whether it was school related, personal related, there was so much going on. And I realized that after the fact, so it was never too late. I don't, it's never too late to get the help you need. Um, I was able, my husband helped me identify some things that I was experiencing based on some of the, some of the domestic violence I experienced in raising her. So, and I didn't realize that I was even a domestic, um, in, in domestic abuse, you know, until a therapist told me that, you know, you really probably should seek some assistance because you, or a victim of domestic violence. And I'm like, I didn't look at it like that. I look at it as a mother, you know, who was just raising a child who got physical and we got physical at times. And she said, no, that's domestic abuse. So I want to back up because yes, there's so much more to the story. Yes. Um, you took a leap of faith, this back up, and yes. you married James. Yes. Who I had did. sickle cell anemia. So you took yes. on and embraced a individual that had a lot of chronic medical conditions and because of that employment had always been a financial strain and even with that your maternal grandmom said and i quote from your book you better not marry that boy with that disease and you better not have any children by him and you took on james with his chronic medical condition, sickle cell, but you also, James came as a package. Yes. You took care of baby girl, which you refer to. Yes. Who had mental health issues. That's a lot. <laughs> it Talk was about that, Shay. <laughs> oh, wow. So taking on, you know, um, being willing to marry my, my late husband, definitely was a leap of faith um, because I actually had directly witnessed what it looked like for someone to live with um, sickle cell disease, which was my youngest aunt, uh, Edwina, who had suffered uh, several strokes, or actually two strokes before she passed. And 
I thought sickle cell looked only like her. So mm. when I met James, I didn't think he had anything. But when I found out, um, I really trusted. I really had to put my faith in the Lord. And I really did. And I had to believe that, you know what? You know, you know, you're saying, I mean, he, I didn't think he was going to put more on us that we needed, you know, that we had to bear. And that in that instance, I, I wasn't a trait carrier. So I did. We did our research. I wasn't a trait carrier, even though both my parents were. Mm-hmm. And that's important to know because both my parents were trait carriers and my mother had considered aborting me because of that, because of her growing up with her sister and witnessing what she went through and didn't want to bring a child into the world with that, to experience that potential pain. But to accept that, um, it was actually, it was a leap, but it was also seamless. It was easy mm-hmm. um, because James didn't, he didn't allow himself to appear, to appear weak. Mm-hmm. at all and not to say because you need some help that you're weak but he just had this um demeanor about him like you know what nothing's going to hold me down and that inspired me you know um when I later on got you know received you know got sick with breast cancer but that inspired me just in my life to watch him say you know what nothing's going to hold me down so it was that part was seamless the when um baby girl came into our lives um and I won't go into all the great detail, but when she came into our lives, um, just really a few months, uh, maybe less than a year after we got married, I didn't know what I was getting into. You know, I was, you know, I know we talked about having children. I was super excited that, oh, okay, I don't have to have any, I don't have to physically go through the process. We have a baby coming in. She was two years old when we, mm-hmm. um, when he got custody of her. And, you know, um, it, it was great. But then I saw things shift and I, it was, it was challenging. It was challenging. There were moments where I did not like her and I, and I didn't like to use that term, but that's where I was in those moments. There were moments where I actually experienced, you know, I felt like I, I when, when the behavior increased over time and the manipulation and the abuse and the language, um, I tried not to direct it towards her. I tried to direct it towards the behavior, which I learned later. Um, but that was very challenging for me, being just like, I was just uh, 28, coming into a new marriage, and now coming into raising a child, and then finding out almost instantly there were some severe challenges here. Mm-hmm. So um, had my older daughter at the time. So we, you know, it was just the four of us at the time. So it wasn't so bad, but that consumed 75% of my life. Mm. Um, um, caring for or, or trying to prevent issues or that was going on with just some of the behaviors, unfortunately, with baby girls. So, um, and, then not, and then of course the experiences of going to the hospital at three in the morning, unfortunately, when uh, Jimmy would have a sickle cell crisis and uh, wasn't, whether it was three in the morning or two in the afternoon and just making sure I took care of everything. And I loved doing it. You know, I loved uh, the opportunity of just being able to be there you know, um, for each other. So that was never an issue, um, but it was, you know, um, it, wear, it wears on the body naturally, you know, because you're just taking care of everything. And that's just what, you know, we learn to do. So I, I never stopped uh, loving. I never stopped caring. Um, and I never stopped, you know, just putting, giving my all because I just knew I, I watched my mother do it. So this was, it was, it was nothing for, not to say nothing, but, it was nothing for me to just keep moving. 
And that's when I say I kept moving and I kept moving, but I didn't realize how it was really affecting my mental later on in life as well. Well, and I can imagine the stigma of having a child who has a severe mental illness, plus having your husband who is fighting um, with sickle cell crisis and exacerbations that you would have to never know when an acute crisis is going to happen and then you have to pack up, take them to the hospital, and then go back home to take care of your children. Plus you have to work. Yes. Oh my goodness. Like that is a lot to take on. Mm-hmm. I can tell you, and I don't want to get, I can tell you talking to my, uh, my current husband and something happened and he just identified that, you know, you really do. Uh, I think I asked the question and I realized that I really did need help because um, he just explained, Shay, you experienced trauma after trauma after trauma and you never got help in between. I mean, from losing your husband, from dealing, you know, with raising uh, raising my child with mental illness, from having a house fire, from now being diagnosed with breast cancer, and this is on and on and on and on. And when did you take a break? When did you take care of yourself emotionally and mentally? Emotionally, yes, in my faith, but I never um, took the time, you know, to to seek that mental help that was important for me. And um, I I realized that even after going through the book process and writing. So I can imagine in having taken care of children that had had frequented the uh, Department of Health and Social Services, um, that is a very frustrating process to kind of have to go through um, and dealing with the school system as well, um, behavior, um, complaints that you get, reports from the teacher. Um, I know that that can be very, very challenging. What prompted you to write the book? Um, I wanted to share my story because I just felt like it would be helpful. Um, but I knew also it, writing would be cathartic for me because I just had such a buildup of anger. Um, I really did because I felt like something, I was starting to feel like something was stolen from me. Like mm-hmm. years of my life was stolen. And that's just naturally how I felt, I'll be honest. Um, even though I was always loving, I, well, I try my best to always be loving, um, but I just felt like something was stolen from me. But I wanted to kind of lift that weight for myself. And I became a part of this uh, group where we were gonna write our books in like five weeks. Um, unfortunately, wow. yeah, that didn't happen for me. <laughs> it became but you so. Did it. I did it. I did it, and I'm excited about that. And that took a lot, and especially in the pandemic. And the, <laughs> I kept getting stuck because as I was writing, I'm dealing with the reality, like, oh my gosh, I really went through this, and this is, and I'm, it's taking me right back there. The emotion is putting me right back in that environment and remembering exactly what was said, what was going on. Like even describing in chapter five, when when I, when my late husband passed in the home, you know, I got stuck on that chapter. I could not get through it. I could not get through it. And then writing about different things, about my experiences, um, that's that's why my five weeks turned into maybe five or six months. But like you said, the bottom line, bottom line, I did it. I didn't realize the impact it would have. It's been such a blessing to hear from 
even you and other people who read it, who inboxed me or text me or posted it. And um, I just, I just knew, and I'm getting <laughs> I knew it was necessary for my well-being. And I was hoping, I was just hoping it would help somebody else. I definitely helped me. And I really just appreciate the strength and your tenacity to overcome so many obstacles. Um, I can come back and remember the call that you, when you called me to let me know that James had passed away and just the uh, anguish of, you know, um, having to do CPR on your husband, you know, when he was slumped over in the kitchen and you described that so well in the book, that must've been a painful to write that, but also very cathartic as well. It was, um, I often read, that's, that's something I never forget. Um, but it was, the more I continued to press to try to get through that chapter, it was releasing. I thought I was okay. First of all, that's the thing. That's why I think it's good to communicate and, and talk and share these things because you really realize that you're really not okay. Um, you're not quite fully healed in some areas. Um, but that really helped release um, some of that, I don't know if I, I would call it weight, but just the, maybe the pain that was still sitting there uh, and the guilt that I may have had of not um, being successful and bringing him back, you know, um, that really helped release that for me. It really did. And it just helped me remind me that um, it turned a, a tragic moment, which I think I shared in the book, it turned a tragic moment into something beautiful because I had that last opportunity to be with him um, as he transitioned. I, 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 there's no doubt in my mind, he transitioned right before my eyes, you know, mm -hmm. really. So I'm grateful for that. So now I don't have that trauma or that that, that trauma uh, haunting me. It's now a beautiful experience. Wow. And there's so much more that we could talk about in, um, in your book, all of the um, different um, challenges in your life when you so descriptively describe that. And I would say like micro um, traumatic experiences that you've had to overcome. But one of the things that you said that um, really stuck out to me, Shay, was you said that staying connected with my family and the church was my saving grace. Can we talk about that? Absolutely. There is no way, Dr. Nina, that I could have survived without the support of my family, without allowing me to have, to, uh, for us to have some respite time, you know, to help uh, remove um, some of the challenges that we were having. Uh, there's no way. There was no way. Uh, even moments, you know, um, uh, when James was in the hospital and dropping the kids off. Grandparents are awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're amazing and we live not far, so it just made it much easier. Um, my siblings, um, my my, my sister-in-laws um, were just super amazing and anyone else I may have forgotten, but there's no way my pastors and my church family, everyone was so helpful uh, when they was able to really see, because before some of the uh, behaviors wasn't showing up on the outside. When they was able to see some of the behaviors on the outside, it was like, oh, wow, 
And it was more, I, I received more help from other people outside of my family. So whether it was, hey, I'm gonna come pick her up for a little bit or whatever it may be, or I'm gonna treat you just anything. It didn't matter, just a phone call, a prayer. It was amazing. Again, they were, they were my saving grace. Um, allow me to be able to get away and do certain things and not be afraid. Cause I was, I was always in fear of if I, I was always in fear of her, of the behavior um, in her, that she would do something to harm someone in the family. So I didn't, I was always afraid of leaving her alone with her other siblings or sometimes either someone elderly. So I did have challenges at times of leaving her with my mom, but as long as they both were there, I felt comfortable like my mom and um, my pop. Um, I felt comfortable, you know, so, uh, but yeah, I, I couldn't have done it. This, there was no way, this is not. This was not alone, a, a, a single process, a single person overcoming. This was a team effort, this was a family effort, this was an entire family unit that helped us get through. So that's yeah. important to build that, you know, don't burn your bridges with people. Um, it, it was essential to uh, us being able to, to live and still have some fun. Right. And you can't do it alone. And if you don't share with others or tell your story, nobody will know what's going Excellent. on. So you can't assume that, you know, you can be the strong woman and I can handle everything. And that's not the case. We need help from others. We need the support from others. And as you said, family, your church family, were those people that stuck with you through the good times and the not so good times. Would you say that? Absolutely. And even the teachers, I would say, I have to, I gotta commend the teachers were a great support, the school system. Um, there were some teachers I can think of, you know, right now that really played a major role in the success of, of getting her even through school. So we definitely want to share with our community some tips to help us improve our spiritual health um, because as you said that was so important in you getting mm -hmm. through these challenging times this one yes. so you have a such a strong sense of spirituality but um i also want to say that um spirituality is being able to find that inner space in which you feel connected to a greater cause or a higher being. So for those who may not be very religious, yes. we're saying you have to find that inner self. What makes you be able to live each day that you have some value and you're connected to a greater cause? And you provided us some of your five tips to improve your spiritual health. Mm -hmm. Meditating, forgive yourself and others, being persistent in prayer, fasting at least once or twice monthly, and self-care. You must take time to put yourself first. Can you talk about these tips? Absolutely. Um, and let me touch on, um, I love the whole forgive yourself and others frequently. If I did not forgive frequently, there is no way I could have continued to raise my younger daughter um, with some of the, like I said, the frustration and the anger that I felt and actually sometimes hate. Um, I, I used to be embarrassed to say that, but I'm okay with it now because that's, that was a feeling that I had. And I had to learn to let go 
that learning to forgive and let go was a challenge. But I heard a doctor many years ago, and you probably heard the statement before that, said, you know, unforgiveness is like drinking poison, expecting the other person to die. Like, mm. so when I was feeling that anger and hate, I was just only harming myself. So I had to learn before and show my other children, like, okay, even when I they saw, because mainly the, the negativity was towards me, but even when they saw that, I had to be a reflection of love. So, so I didn't want them, oh, mom, you should, like my older daughter, you know, like, I don't want to do this and I don't want to do that for her. No, we're still, we still operate in love. I had to tell them, we still operate in love. I don't care what you see or what I am receiving, what negative behavior that's coming at me, we still operate in love. So I had to learn and to be that demonstration for them. I needed to, because if I didn't, that was one, I was going to spread that same type of energy into them. And I didn't want to do that. Meditating um, is necessary. You just need time to just uh, exhale, reflect. Whatever it is that you choose to. For me, I may be reading scripture, but for me, part of that was going to the water. Oh my gosh. I, it's always, I'll always love the water. That's that's how I wrote most of my book, believe it or not. Going to the water and talk, texting in my phone or writing notes, but going to the water immediately. There were times when I pulled up and parked immediately tears would just kind of just fall from my uh, face, not just like boo-hoo crying, but just tears falling, like just the joy of being close to my father, you know, and just experiencing that moment. And and when that, I was able, it released words. It put, it put words to paper, you know, for me. It made the process, when I was able to take the time to do that, it made that process a lot easy for me. So, that meditation key is uh, is uh, very important. Um, the oh goodness, uh, definitely taking time for yourself. That's I always my family always. Um, that's one thing that they tell me I needed to do more often um, was take time for you because I'm always running and you know trying to help. And I just because I just love generally just helping. Whatever I can do, and I'm gonna, and I will run myself down to the ground yeah. <laughs> to help somebody else, you know. Um, but I realize that I have to take care of me. Yes, you know, life is gonna go on without me. So taking care of me, so I can still be here to be able to put out the love that I have. I still have so much more to get. Right, and you know, we talked about in our Toba Cares newsletter. We <laughs> talked about the importance of practice and preach self-care in these uncertain times. And a psychologist named Dr. Phil Lopez said that self-care is a part of the answer to how we can cope with daily stressors and help prevent health problems. And some of the important things that we shared with our community in the newsletter, that self-care difference from person to person. Like for me, I like trees. Trees just make me feel so relaxed um, and just bring out my inner strength when I go to the park and walk. But he also talked about the importance of doing other things, like making sure you get a good night's sleep, that you spend time in nature, that you express gratitude, take up a hobby, take a warm bath every once in a while. We all get in, you know, we're so used to the shower, it's quick, it's, but sometimes just get in the tub and, 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 and just take a warm bath, you know, with some bath salts and aromatics. Mm -hmm. um, or, you know, even reading the daily scriptures. 
So can you talk about that? Yes, um, that is so important. Um, and, and that's the one thing I'm always doing, jumping in the shower, you know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you have to take your you have to take your time back. Right. You really do. Um, and I, I say that and I'm still encouraging myself as I speak because I still, I'm still challenged a little bit in that area. But I do. There are certain things that I do. So um, I, yeah, I think what you said was key. Um, it's important to understand how important that is for your health and your mental health. Like I, I really just came out of being sick for like 17 days. And I realized rest rest was the key for me because and because I was not doing that my body broke down Mm -hmm. and it made me rest (laughs) so instead of being forced into doing those things voluntarily take care of yourself and it helps with your skin um just your um your uh just how you respond to people, you know, whether you want to be happy for that day. If you don't get rushed, you're going to be frustrated, you're going to be irritated. You know, eventually you may get a little better throughout the day, but why not get the rest you need to wake up and just be energetic, um, being able to smile at people. Um, it just makes the world a difference. I'm learning that piece. I don't have that part down as far as the rest, but I'm getting there, especially after coming out of that. Um, whatever it was I experienced. Um, I think it was an opportunity for me to reflect and say, hey, um, you need to get yourself together here and I need to get back to my, those five tips. <laughs> I need to be requiring those more often for myself. So I would encourage anyone to please take their time for you. Like she said, um, like Dr. Nina said, you know, that that's simple. As simple as it, as it is, but you would never just have that um, lavender you know, the smell of lavender, whether you want to burn candles or whatever it may be, but having the lavender in the tub and just relaxes your body and your mind and it releases, you know, whatever, all that negative stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Well, we want to encourage our viewing audience to get a copy of your book because we can go, there's so much more that we can share. Um, it's just, your journey has been such an amazing experience. Um, Shay, can you see this slide? Um, can you see the slide up here? Not yet. It, it was coming up. Okay. I'm going to put that back. And I was also going to share. Can you see it now? Not yet. Okay. Let's try that again. How about now? It's not coming no. up? All right. Let's go back. So... I also wanted to share with our viewing audience, I also um, had some tips that I wanted to share mm-hmm. about making sure of how we- I can see it now. Mm-hmm. And how about now? I can see it, yes. Okay. Some tips that I got from your book in my <laughs> personal experience as a healthcare provider um, to help our community improve their overall quality of life. And one thing I think is important is to make sure you have an annual wellness checkup with your primary care provider. If you need a referral to a licensed healthcare provider, please, please do so. There's no shame. And at least talking to someone about what the things that are going on in life. And sometimes that can be very, very therapeutic. A psychiatrist, a psychologist, a behavioral health specialist, a licensed clinical social worker, or a licensed therapist. Mm -hmm. 
And one thing you said is you have to build a support team. That team is whomever you want it to be, but you cannot go through this journey of life on your own. You're going to need help and support to the good times and also those that are a little bit trying. I recommend to connect with the faith-based community, although I could do better and attending on a regular <laughs> basis. Um, it is important to have a good sense of spirituality and know and find that inner strength to understand that there's something bigger than you out there. And like you said, sometimes we get so focused on our issues that we don't realize that, you know, there are other people going through some similar challenges. You're not the only one. And sometimes that can be very empowering as well. Learn to love and forgive yourself. And exercise, as you said, at least get 30 minutes of exercise three times a week. As a healthcare provider, there are studies that show that chronic stress, the release of these stress hormones on a regular basis can cause damage to your physical, emotional, and mental health. It can increase your blood sugar, increase your blood pressure and your heart rate. It can cause inflammation in the body and it can also weaken your immune system. Those living with sickle cell, when they are stressed, that can trigger a crisis as well. So it's really, really important that we pay attention to our physical, our mental and emotional health. So, Therapist and healer, Dr. Shay, what do you have to say about that? <laughs> I think that is excellent. I'm glad you reminded me of the doc, you know, every, we had every doctor that was essential to, um, you know, just wanting her to win and are actually to help our family. So I would just encourage anyone, you know, don't worry about, some people see those titles of, oh, behavior help. I don't have any behavior issues or a, psych, a psychiatrist. I'm not crazy or whatever. No, you just didn't need a moment to, you know, find someone to talk to. Having someone outside of your family, um, outside of your family and friends, get out of that circle. Get some professional assistance. That's important because, and then you'll see, you'll start to feel lighter, you may become more confident where you were less confident, you you know, you may be less stressed, definitely. Those are things that I personally experience and when in talking to others, definitely. Um, so it works. It works. I'm a witness that it works. Um, and that exercise, whether you walk, you know, if you don't have a treadmill at home, just walk around your neighborhood 30 minutes. Or if you want, if you don't, if you don't want to go outside, go up and down your stairs. You know, mm -hmm. exercise, you can, there are so many, there's no reason why you should not exercise at least like 30 minutes a day, a couple times a day. You know, it's great for those who can go out to the gym if you're not, you know, if you're not concerned or not afraid. Um, but there are so many different ways that you can get the exercise needed. So I think that's so important. Um, and that whole thing, I'm telling you, love is, um, love is most, I, I don't want to share that, but <laughs> love is a lot of my, love is in a lot of what I do. Whether it could be a password or whatever, that's just something that I um, tried my best to demonstrate, even in the worst of moments. So even going through the different stressors, when you get the help you need, you can go through these things and still have a smile on your face. You know, you can still smile through the through the trauma. You can still smile through the stress or whatever you're experiencing. So I would encourage those things matter. Those things helped me to 
I didn't lose my mind. Mm -hmm. It helped me to sustain, to sustain uh, a, a sane mind. That's really important because you don't want to put yourself in a situation where you could harm yourself and others. And, mm -hmm. you know, that one split second can change your life, you know, completely. Oh, just like that. one bad decision or moment where you weren't balanced and centered can make all the difference. Mm -hmm. So we That's could be here, Shay, and talk for hours. <laughs> so your story yeah. and, and, and having to witness your growth has been so such an honor. Oh, um, but I want to ask you, how can they find out more information about you and your book? And how can they purchase a book? Okay, so they can go um, to my website, which was my initial website when I did my um, book launch, okay. which is uh, www.postureofapearl.com. Or um, you can also purchase my book on Amazon. So oh, just, wow. yes, it is listed. It is on Amazon. So I guess you can get it in two days. I'm not sure if it's, it, it, I think it is on Prime. So just going in, type, you have to type the whole name in if you haven't typed in it before. So you just have to type the whole name in for it to pop up. Um, but yeah, you can purchase on Amazon as well. So I'm excited. Um, I will have it on ebook soon. Um, so yeah, so if anyone, uh, I guess to have it transferred to your uh, like your iPad or your um, you know little e-readers, yeah, it'll be available. So. Well, Shay, it's oh, been God. such a pleasure having you on Toba Tuesday today, oh, and I would say you. that this book has been very cathartic for you and a, a, a an ability to heal yes. um, and share with others is very therapeutic. Um, and so I want to say thank you. And I would encourage our community to support Shay to purchase this book. If you can't find anything in here that can help you, buy it as a gift to somebody else. <laughs> I can tell you that there's so many people out here that are dealing with trauma in their lives, going through every day in this rat race and just slow down for a minute and just listen to someone else's experience and journey they can help you find that inner in your life which is so missing today any last minute comments Shay anything you want to yeah. share one last thing I would say this for me and my experience in writing the book after writing the book it helped to heal my relationship with my younger daughter because it was damaged because of just what we experienced and how we I guess you can say separated and going through this process has healed my heart lifted any anger that I had and now we can we communicate almost every day and your oh. grandma types too talk about yes, that what a blessing that was share with yes. our audience about that so both of my daughters um so my oldest daughter who is 26 Kiana and baby girl as we called her um, she's 20 and they both had babies on the same day. My oldest daughter had a baby girl at the birthing center at 719 on January the 3rd. Baby girl had her son on January 3rd at 3.09 p.m. at the uh, Christina Hospital. So who would have thought I just, that how, how that all came together? It was just such a blessing. And I say this because I feel like January was such a, at times, a sad month because that's the month 
that James passed, their dad passed. And it was always a challenge for my son because he died three days before his birthday. But now we just have so much more joy in the month of January. So we're excited about that. Wow. Thank you, Shay, so much. Thank it's you been so such much. a pleasure to have you on our Tova Tuesday and um, just the great work that you have done serving the community in so many different ways. Um, keep up the good work. I definitely thank you with much gratitude for the work that you've done over the years. And I just excited to uh, be a part of it and to see your growth has just been fantastic. I want to thank you for joining us today on Toba Tuesday. To find out more information, go to our YouTube channel at Toba Health TV. To find out more information about Toba, Toba Community Health, please go to our website at www.tobacommunityhealth.org. You can also like us on Facebook or Instagram at Toba Community Health. If you like this channel and you like the content of our shows, please make a donation to our cash app, dollar sign Tova Health, or PayPal at contactatovacommunityhealth.org. I am so excited to have Shay on our show today, and I will see you back for another episode of Tova Tuesday, where we talk to people in our community, healthcare providers, leaders that are out on the front line, making our communities healthy and safe so that we can move together in these uncertain times stronger and better. Take care. Bye. Thank you.